here we are. Sorry, I in my pocket, and I just figure out which way to go on the switch. All right, start over. Actually, you guys should be at Romans 10, right? Very good. Excellent. Um, we looked at the sim simplicity of the gospel, and we've been looking at that for a while. And in fact, Romans chapter, the whole book of Romans is about the gospel and about grace. And there's a sense where the, the gospel is very simple, that we're saved by grace through faith and that it's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. There's a sense where that gospel is very simple. We receive it by faith, and yet, it's so difficult for us, isn't it? It was difficult for these, these Jewish believers. Why? Because, because it requires humility. The gospel requires us to humble ourselves before God. And we live in a world, they lived in a, in a, in a, in a world where you earn this. You work your way. They thought that, that what you had to do was, was work hard enough and, and, and you, you earned this salvation. And the fact is that none of us are good enough. Paul makes that very clear. None of you in this room, the, the preacher, not good enough. We are not in and of ourselves good. In fact, we're depraved. We're not good. But God is good. And God is merciful, and God is gracious, and God is kind to us, and because of the kindness of God, he offers us his grace that leads us to repentance. And some people <laughs> come easier than others. I think the, the people who are religious, it's very difficult for them to come to faith in Jesus Christ, because they have to come to the end of their religion, to the end of their doing, to where they just take... They, they go up to that doorknob of humility, um, and they turn that doorknob and say, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to humble myself before you, and, and I'm going to receive the grace and mercy. That is so simple, and yet it's so difficult. And he, he Gus made a point last week that the gospel isn't something that's very far away from us. It's not like you have to ascend to heaven to get it. Or go to the depths to find Christ and bring him up from the dead. It's not something that, that we do, but it's near us. It's, it's in our hearts. It's in our mouths. Is what, is what the scripture says, what Paul writes. The word of faith, is, it's accessible to everyone. It's just right there. It's one step of faith away. And last week we looked at the fact that the word comes alive in us when we believe and when we confess, and when we cry out to God, saying, God, I need you to save me. It's that simple. How does that happen? How does it happen that we, that we come to the end of ourselves and we humble ourselves? Paul's going to say this morning in verse 17 that, that faith comes by hearing, right? It comes by hearing the spoken word of Christ. And so, this morning, we're going to look at the other side of salvation. We looked at, at what our response to, or the human response to God's sovereignty, to his grace, is that we humble ourselves and we believe and we trust him. We're going to look at the other side of that now this morning, and Paul's going to shift his argument, and now he's going to be talking to, um, to believers, 
And he's going he's gonna to say, well, how do people get the gospel? How do they get it? There's a receiving, but there's also a sharing. There's a preaching. And God calls all of us to preach the gospel. He's called each and every one of us to preach. It's not up to the preacher. It's not up to me to be the one that, that proclaims, well, it is up to me, and it's also up to you. Um, I want you to think back for a second, and, and how did you come to put your faith in Jesus Christ? Think back. Assuming that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if not, listen very carefully today to the message um, and receive him. But how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Where were you? What, who, was, who was involved in it? What did you do? Your sister and brother-in-law. And, and where were you? September 17th of 1974. I was, I was like one, years old, one year old. Wow. What happened after that? What, what, you were so happy. Were you excited to tell others? Okay. Yeah. And I imagine that in your story, when you answer that question, it was someone who shared the gospel with you. Someone preached it to you. You heard the word of the Lord, and you gave your life to Christ. I, I would venture that there are some people who, uh, I'd heard a, heard a story years ago where he just, God was impressing this on his heart, and, and he just started reading God's word. And now we have the word of the Lord, and he just started reading God's word, and that's how he got saved. He just started reading, reading it, and, and so, it, but by and large, someone is sharing the gospel with you. I know my parents are the ones that shared the gospel with me. I remember being um, just distraught. I wanted to go to heaven. I was like, and I knew that I was not going to go to heaven. I had been in, in church, and someone had, had shared the message that, you know what, your sins separate you from God, and if you don't do something about it, you're not going to go to heaven. And I had a lot of questions for my parents. I'm like, what is this about? And I, I went home, and my parents were the one that led me to faith in Christ um, in, in our basement. And, and I'm sure that in your story, someone shared the gospel with you. Um, and, and for some, it could be a complete stranger that, that showed up to your house. The, the pastor that I worked with in Arkansas, he lived in Montana. Guy showed up at his house, um, kind of a cold, that was back when cold call evangelism was okay, and, and you could do that, and you probably still could. Um, but he, this guy came in, shared the gospel with his family, whole family gets saved and goes to, and goes to church. The gospel happens because people preach the word of Christ. And when I think about 
what's going on today, and it seems, it, it seems to me that there, there is a shortage of people preaching the gospel. There's a shortage of people that are sharing the word of faith, sharing the gospel. Maybe 5%, maybe 10% of people have shared Christ in the last year. In fact, if I were to poll the congregation this morning, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if less than 10 of, 10 of us in this room have shared the verbal gospel. This is, this is the, your sins have separated you from God, and you need to put your trust in Christ and, and come to the end of yourself. I would venture to guess that, that man, it would be great if it was 10%. I'm going to ask the question, have you, have you shared your faith have you shared, preached the word of God, the gospel to someone in the last year? Think about that. Um, Billy Fay, uh, there's, he says there's two types of Christians. There's those who talk about the lost, and there's those who talk to the lost. That was, when I read that this week, I felt convicted. I had to go back and think, man, who have I talked to about the gospel? Now I have the opportunity to preach to you. I get to preach the gospel to, the, to you as the masses, but I'm talking about going to someone and preaching the word to them. Um, there's a shortage of preachers. And, and the truth is, that, and what, what Paul's going to say here this morning, is that, that he's going to challenge us to, to share our faith. And so I want us to look at Romans chapter 10 beginning with verse 14. Here's, he asks four questions here. He says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the first thing I want to talk about this morning is that we, we are called to preach the beautiful word of Christ. We are called to have beautiful feet. You, you are part of the equation in the good news of salvation by grace through faith. There's nothing that you can do to earn or deserve grace, but you can experience grace and you can share it with others. How are they going to hear? Paul asked these questions and he's challenging believers now in Rome both Jewish and Greek believers here. Here's how the message says it. It says, but how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? Has that ever happened? People come to, like, people get into circumstances in their lives and they don't, they don't even know where to go for help. As believers, we need to be there saying, this is what happened in my life. This is, this is what Jesus did for me. This is how Jesus has helped me in, through my circumstances. How can they call for help if they don't know who to trust? It says, how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? If we don't speak the name of Jesus. And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? And I believe that God calls and he sends all of us to preach the beautiful word of Christ. Everyone in this room, there's no excuse. <laughs> We're all part of this, this, this gospel. 
don't sit and soak. <laughs> Get out there and preach the good news. What happens um, when, a, when a church stops answering these questions. What happens when we stop hearing this? When we stop doing these things? What happens? Eventually they, they just kind of age out and, and they die and the church becomes the church becomes insular and it's all just about its own programs and what it's doing to, to, to feed itself and and we might not ever think about outsiders and, and how we might reach them. My prayer is that we would never become that kind of church at Crossroads to where we, we become content and we decide, man, we've, we've got enough here. We've got enough. We started 12 years ago and, and this is what we have. And that's enough. Uh, it's pretty full. We should never become content with that. God calls us to preach the word, and there's a shortage of gospel um, <laughs> preaching. And so we have a vision to, to continue to, to send out. I was at a, at a baseball game, softball game this week, and talking with a bunch of people from different churches, and we were talking about, is there really a need for church planting? Um, Man, it seems like that's like everyone's planting churches now. There's churches here and there. And, and even myself, I'm going, man, are we saturated already? Are there enough churches that are being planted? And one of the guys there said that, that no, the God's method right now is church planting. If you want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ, plant churches. And he made the point that for every church that's planted, there's one that's dying. And so we have a responsibility to be sent out to help plant churches. Um, that's, why, that's why we're involved with Cody um, in Grinnell. That's why we send him money. We want to see the gospel take, take shape in Grinnell, and he's preaching the word of God and preaching the gospel um, over there. That's why we support Megan in Laos. She's, she's in Laos preaching the word of God, teaching, teaching students English as a, as a second language, and so that she might win some to faith in Jesus Christ. That's why, that's why Al right now is down in Atlanta, um, and we have supported him and helped him to go down there and serve with, is it SIM? Is that kind of the, the big organization? Nairobi Hindus. And uh, that's why he's down there, and that's why he's been he's sent out to go and share the good news. But guess what? You don't have to go to Grinnell. You don't have to go down to Atlanta. The mission field is right here in Grimes. It's right next door to where you live. And so there's no excuse. Well, I'm just going to pay for someone else to preach the gospel. I'm just going to pay the preacher to preach the gospel. We're all involved. How can they hear without someone preaching? If it was left up to the preachers, oh my goodness, we would, the work would never Work would never get done. Um, there's, there's just too much to do. And so he says, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? Every week, sending you out. Go and share the good news. Be a part of the gospel. Join God in what he's doing in people's lives. Um, 
And then he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Again, the message version. I really like the message version this week. It says, that's why scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. Isn't that cool? A grand procession of people telling all the good things of God. Have you experienced God's goodness? Are you experiencing the grace of God in your life? (laughs) When you do, (laughs) share it. If you're not, look for it. Look for the goodness of God. Look for the glory of God. Look for what he's doing in your life. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Um, Romans 1.6, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. It's a beautiful gospel. It's a beautiful word. It's something that, that people need to hear, and I'm not ashamed of it because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. The scripture says that you're in Christ's ambassadors, as if he's making his appeal through you. And so when you experience the grace and goodness of God, don't keep that or hoard that to yourself. Share it with someone else. Look for it. Paul quotes this this beautiful uh, verse from Isaiah 52, 7, and then he follows it up in the next verse, uh, in, in verse 16, um, with Isaiah 53, 1. He says, but, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? There's always that but, isn't there, right? That, all of a sudden, you get to verse 16, it's like, but not all the Israelites wanted to hear the good news. Not all of them wanted to, in fact, most of them did not want to, um, to follow Christ. They called Christ was the blasphemer. And even in Isaiah's day, he says, Lord, who has believed our message? Do you ever feel like that? You ever, God, I feel like no one is listening. You preachers out there, you preachers who preach the gospel, you ever feel like no one is listening? Like, what's the use? There is a reality that that many people will reject the word of Christ. And if you're sharing the gospel and you're, and you're not seeing much fruit in your sharing, guess what? You're in good company. You are in good company. Isaiah, he, he shared, he, he was sharing the word of the Lord as the prophet. One king listened to him. Hezekiah, he had one good king that listened to what he said during the time that he was prophet. Hezekiah was the one king that changed, changed all the regulations, tore down all, the, the, temp, all the, the pagan worship. And then Manasseh came along, Hezekiah's son. And Manasseh said, we're not going to listen to you. We're not going to listen to the good news. We're going to do what we want to do. And, and eventually, 
Isaiah, the, the tradition says that, that he was killed. He was sodden too um, for the gospel. Um, the same thing happened to Jesus, didn't it? Lord, who's believed our message? <laughs> Think about Jesus. <laughs> Not many listened to Jesus. Not many followed Jesus. In fact, we get to the final week of Jesus' life. Who's sitting around the cross? His family, his close friends and disciples. They despised him. They rejected him. Yeah, when things got hard, when Jesus said hard things, they left. And in the end, Jesus is, is hanging on a cross. Not many are listening. Lord, who's believed our, our message? Why are people rejecting the message of the gospel? Why do people not want to hear the gospel? Why do you think that is? Hmm? Pride? Yeah. What else? It's easy. Yeah. This is a, Grimes is an easy, man, this is a, this is a great life, isn't it? And I wouldn't want to be disrupted. I wouldn't want to have to put someone else on the throne of my heart. They want to do what they want to do, don't they? <laughs> that was one of my points, yeah. They don't see anything different in us. We look very much the same as the culture. Why is that? It's the same reason that maybe 5 to 10% of us have shared our faith in the last year. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to disrupt. We don't want to disrupt anything. We're afraid when students, why do you not share the gospel at school? Why not? Because there's peer pressure, there's pressure to conform. People, people don't want to hear, they, won't, they don't want to hear that. We convince ourselves of that, don't we? And Paul says in verse 17, he says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. That phrase, word of Christ, there is rhema. It's the spoken word of Christ. It means we have to speak. We have to preach. And in our preaching, some will hear the gospel. You can be assured of that. If, God, if what we read in, in Romans chapter 9 is that God is sovereign and that God is, 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 has chosen people to come to faith in him, and that he is going to save people, you can be sure that when you preach the gospel, you are going to be successful some percentage. 
Maybe it's 20% of the time. Maybe you share with 10 people this week, two people are going to come to faith in Christ because there are people that are coming to faith. Be confident in that. Trust that, that God is going to work things out in people's lives. He will do it. The results are not up to you. The results are up to Him and His sovereignty and His mercy and His grace. The truth is, not everyone will receive our message. <laughs> Why are so many? Not because we don't look any different than the culture. And a lot of people aren't receiving it because nobody's sharing it. Right? We're not sharing. He says faith comes from hearing. And it comes from hearing and not just listening. Right? It comes from, many people have have heard some, something about the Lord Jesus Christ, right? We would assume that the majority of Americans have, have heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. But are they really hearing? For Israel, in verse 18, he says, did they not hear? Of course they did. They heard the message. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. The apostles had done their job. At Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came on them at Pentecost, they went out and preached the, the gospel um, to the known world. There were missionaries preaching and teaching more than what we even read about in Scripture. And their voice went out, and all who called on the name of the Lord, everyone who called on the name of the Lord would be saved. Um, they'd been preaching. But again, he asked, he said in verse 19, did Israel not understand? So they heard it. Did they not understand it? Um, first Moses says, I will, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. Um, some people who reject Christ um, may later be attracted to him when they see God's grace working in someone else's life. Do you believe that? Here's Israel, religious, unbelieving, they're moral people, they're pursuing this righteousness of their own, they reject grace, they reject Jesus because they're relying on themselves. At some point, God says, you know what, I'm going to go after the Gentiles I'm going to go after the Greek speakers. And the Gentiles are coming to faith, and they don't, they never even had, they didn't have all the upbringing. They didn't grow up in church. And yet they were being saved. They were finding Christ. We have to, we have to trust that, that some people who reject Christ may later be attracted to him when they see God's grace in you. Think about what happened at Pentecost. Today is Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is, is poured out. And it's a Jewish audience that's there. The same people that crucified Jesus. The same people that were yelling out and saying, crucify him. The Holy Spirit comes on Peter and Peter preaches the good news of the gospel. 
what happens? What, what, how does the crowd respond? They're cut to the heart. Like, wow, what, what do we need to do to be saved? And Peter answers, he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent. Be baptized. And you'll be saved. And it says there in Acts chapter 2 that many received their message at that point because they'd seen the grace of God poured out. And many came to faith. 3,000 were added to their number that day. These are the same people that would have rejected Christ and said, crucify him. Karen's mom um, had ALS, and, and she, um, they did in-home hospice. And so for quite a while there, uh, Mary Eyed, um, good lady, moral, moral person, very good family, good husband, um, she would come in and take care of Jackie. And... Um, and she would observe and, and watch Leonard, Karen's dad, take care of his wife. Be gracious, be loving, be kind. And, and, and she could just sense the peace of God and sense that there was something different about what Leonard and Jackie had. And over time, she's, she said, you know what? I, I want what you have. And so they had the opportunity to lead Mary to Christ. How? Because of the grace of God, because they, it was on display that God would reveal himself to her. Well, and now she still has an unbelieving husband. And she's witnessing to him and praying that, that he will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it takes a long time and it takes a lot of <laughs> preaching. He goes on and he says, and, and Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. Speaking again of, of the Greek-speaking Gentiles. But concerning Israel, he says, All day long I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Um, he's, Paul circles back to what he said back in Romans chapter 9 and verse 30. He says, What shall we say then? That, that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith? Why do the Gentiles get it? Why, why, would, why would these heathens get the gospel? And sometimes, and God does this, doesn't he? God reveals himself to surprising people, people that you're like, what? How does this person get it? And then he has to wait for people who are disobedient, and usually they're the, the religious types. He reveals himself to people who weren't looking for it. We have, we have no idea in our preaching 
who's going to receive the message. I don't know if you ever do this. Do you ever do this in your mind where you say, you convince yourselves, oh, they, don't, they definitely aren't the type of person that would want to hear the gospel. You ever done that? Made that judgment? Oh, definitely not them. Um, they don't want to hear about Jesus. Guess what? You'll never know unless you preach to them. I had a kid on my bus. <laughs> he was the, I would have never in my life thought that this kid would have any interest in God. Um, I have, I carry my Bible on the bus and just, I don't, I don't do that now. I, early on, I carried my Bible on the bus. I do not, I'm not doing that now. Maybe I should again. Um, and this kid just opened up and had a conversation, um, was searching um, for God. He's one of those kids that, um, you know, really wants to be an atheist and wants to be an antagonist. Um, but his heart was softened toward the gospel. I have no idea if he's a believer. We don't, I don't stop the bus and, um, and say, hey, can I pray for you right now? Can we, it's just not good practice in the school system. Um, but I don't know. We don't, I don't know what happened to him. Most unlikely kid on that bus. Um, and then there's those who, they may, they, they may say no today, but it, it doesn't mean that they're going to say no tomorrow. There will come a time when Israel, when many will come to faith in, in, in Israel. We're going to look at that over the next coming weeks. But notice what it says there in verse 21, that all day long I've held out my hands. God continues to hold out his hands to a stubborn and obstinate people. God is patient. God doesn't give up. God continues to pursue. One story and we'll end. Um, a couple weeks ago in staff meeting, I think it was Amy, where you, you were sharing the story of um, the hairstylist. Was that you? Down in, maybe it wasn't you. Down in, um, down in Des Moines, there was a guy who was, um, um, lived a homosexual lifestyle and a hairstylist. And for many years, and many people knew about him. And one of the ladies that um, had been had been going and getting her hair done by this guy for years, had prayed and prayed and prayed. Ten years she'd been praying for this guy. And she walked in that day to get her hair cut, and she, she sat down in disgust, and she looked at him, and he said, what's wrong with you today? She's like, you know what? I am done praying for you. I've prayed for you for ten years now, and, noth and nothing hairstylist looks at her and goes, thanks for praying. Guess what happened last night? I gave my life to Christ. Isn't that amazing? This guy went on to, to speak about um, some of those social issues um, in the state of Iowa. And God changed his life to where he is now a preacher of the word of Christ. God does that. God can do it. God does not give up. Some of the most unlikely people, the most surprising people, God is waiting for you to share the gospel with. So we have an opportunity. Um, we've been praying. We have this box up here. and We've been praying for, we've been ch challenging you to, to pray for people. Um, and I want to encourage you to continue to pray. But I want to encourage you not, don't just pray. Take the next step. 
Share your faith with them. I want to encourage you to come tonight as we pray for our community. One of the things that we're going to be praying for our community tonight is that, that Grimes would be a place where Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. We want to see Grimes be a place where Jesus Christ is Lord, where God's favor is on this city and where many people are coming to faith and there's revival in, in, in our community. And then I would challenge you, you're going to have an opportunity next week to share your faith. Um, come, be a part of Governor's Days. Come, be a part of a booth. Develops, you have an opportunity to have conversations with people as we give them a cup of Gatorade in Jesus' name. Come be a part of that. Be sent. Let God send you to preach the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. And we thank you, God, for your patience. We thank you, God, for your grace, Lord. Um, specifically for, for your people, Israel, Lord. That God, you're, you're going to wait patiently, God, for the day when, when many will come to faith in, in the Messiah. Lord, thank you, God, that um, during this time, Lord, that you're preaching the gospel to Gentiles, Lord, and that, and that we are recipients of grace, God, because of what happened here um, in the first century, Lord. We've all received grace, God, because of your kindness, because you sought out people who weren't even looking for it, God. And so we're thankful, God, for your mercy. Um, we rely on your grace, Lord. Uh, God, we... We love you. We want to worship you, God, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.